Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Let's all stand to our feet as we welcome Steve this morning. Thank you. Honoured to be here. Amen. Good morning. Wow. What a, what a great day it is. I think is uh, yeah. Need the phone there. Just loved, um, loved being a part of what's going on at Echo and yesterday. And Justin and Lee, thank you. I, I travel about half the year. I'm on staff at Bethel Church in Redding, California. I travel a lot. I've become a spiritual wine connoisseur. <laughs> as a, I was at Mexico City last Sunday morning and tasting of what God is doing there. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I get the taste of His goodness of what He's doing through His people in different places, in different expressions. How many know God's a creative God? He, he doesn't just have one way to express Himself, whether through individuals or through a corporate ministry. And I just, uh, you know, I just, mm, I'm, I'm here go, mm. This is a unique vintage. <laughs> mm. Pretty powerful, too. Yeah, yeah, it's just very powerful. Yeah, I, I, I just taste surrender to Jesus here. I taste um, deep intimacy. I taste intentionality. I taste um, uh, influencers in all realms of society. I taste excellence. I taste cutting edge of what God's doing. And, and just... Um, I, I also I, I taste people who are, are not just desiring to get fixed to live an average life, but I, I taste people who are have big dreams and big visions. And so it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to partake, and that's one of the joys. You know, honor is a powerful thing. In Matthew ten, it says, "You receive a prophet or name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward." And I mean that. The principle there is, is you receive the gift on a person or a ministry, you get the reward of it. <laughs> That's why I love to travel. I get, I get all these rewards. Because whatever you honor, you, you, get, you get life back to yourself in that area by noting what God's doing. And so thank you for the leadership team. Uh, thank you for those of you who are, feel called. This is your church home. Um, uh, I bless you, and, and I'll just tell you this. Uh, what you're a part of is bigger than you know. It's bigger than you know. It's very difficult to know how big what you're a part of, it, of is while you're a part of it. I mean, the disciples were a part of a pretty big move called Jesus. How many think that was a big move to be a part of? Yeah. <laughs> but they lost the wonder. I'm the greatest. No, you're just a mama's boy. <laughs> they had issues on the journey, and I just release wonder over you. God loves to use imperfect people in imperfect ministries. There's no perfect ministry to confound the wise. And for all the issues the church has, the church is still the most powerful uh, organism, organization on the planet. And God's heart for the local church, he loves the local church. He loves it. And God's plan is for us to, to partner together with other people and become a body 
to an area and then beyond. So I bless you, celebrate you, say thank you. Yes. And um, I brought Scott Ballou with me, Bill you. Why don't you come on up, Scott? He's going to help me do something. Everybody say hi, Scott. He's a, he's a third-year student at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry about two and a half years. This guy's a radical. I mean, he, he's, you know, his wife and four children. Uh, he lives about four hours, lived about four hours south of Redding. We're in Northern California. And he had the radical idea. He's going to come to a ministry school, super, school of supernatural ministry. And he's in his third year right now serving me, doing such a great job. And, um, we, we have an assignment together this morning. We're going to, before I minister the word today, uh, we are going to take the name Echo. And with each letter, we've, we've prayed into each letter. And we're going to tell you what we've heard about who you are and where it's going. Are you guys excited about that? So I've got the this E and H. Is that right? You got the C and O. All right. Scott, just uh, you, you, neither of us know what each other is saying. So, Scott, just get ready for the E. I mean, is this a, I, I am fired up about this E. Yeah, okay. So the E, here's what I hear over you. Uh, you are encouragers of what God is doing now. You're encouragers of what God is doing now. I was thinking about when Jesus was born, only a few people encouraged what was going on. Anna, Simeon, shepherds, wise men. Not sure who else. Very few knew what God was doing and encouraged it. This is a house, this is a, this is a, um, a forerunner ministry that understands and has a unique ability to see what God is on in its infancy. And whatever God's on in its infancy is usually a little bit messy. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> a little messy. And, and so many churches react against the excesses of the new thing that God's doing that they cannot embrace and can't see what God's doing. And there's something on this house and, and on your leadership and, and your senior leaders that, that actually is able to see, okay, this is what you're doing. Yeah, there's a little bit of mess here. Yeah, but there's still God's doing great things. The greatest doctrines have also the greatest um, risk of being abused. And, and, and this is a house I just see where the Lord is, uh, he's got some great teachers. The teaching anointing on this house is going to be incredible. I've seen many books, uh, many, many books of just, uh, just cutting-edge theological books coming out of here. The schools, there's going to be more schools, uh, different kinds of schools, different expressions of it. And, and I just say, you are encouragers of what God's doing. Wow. How about that word? I mean, that's just, that's just the first letter, and I'm going, wow. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be with you today. And, you know, just taste, like Steve said, what God is doing here. And, you know, in, uh, Jesus talks about these signs will follow those that believe. And he, I mean, he's talking about signs and wonders and, you know, crazy things that the world has never seen. And, uh, you know, I see the sea, when I, when I look at the sea in Echo, I see creative miracle solutions. And these, aren't, these aren't average solutions. I mean, if you look in, you know, Matthew chapter 17, 
His disciples come to Jesus and they've got a problem. Some taxes need to be paid. And Jesus says, go fishing. And I, you know, I just see, I just see unique creative solutions coming to problems. And it and it's starting right here. I mean, it's starting in this in this living room, if we will, of this family. And these creative solutions are coming out. And I just see, I just see, you know, culture and society taking notice and go, what is what is going on over there? What is happening? You know, as as signs and wonders just begin to follow your lives, and you know, they the, the disciples they didn't go out and, and figure out how they can work and what they can do and how they can how they can pay this tax bill. You know, and that's just a, that's just a simple thing. But what a radical solution! And I see just heavenly downloads of radical solutions coming to this house as you gather, and as you gather and and you talk about what's going on. I just see heaven breathing on these radical solutions, and and I see you know people outside are going to say, "I want to be in that meeting. I want to be in that home group. I want to be in. I want to be where this stuff is going on because I've never seen anything like this before. God is moving, and so I just say that this house is a house of creative miracle solutions. My, that's powerful. Whew. Who are these people, <laughs> man? <laughs> All right, the next letter. Let me see if I can find what I wrote here. Ah, the H. You are heart healers. This is a ministry of heart healers. Isaiah 61 uh, says, the spirit of sovereign lords upon me. By the way, Isaiah, there is a season, I see there's grace to revisit Isaiah 60 and 61. And I even see, I've even hear that people, there's going to be people in this room who are going to memorize Isaiah 60 and 61. And, and there's going to be, you're going to see things you've never seen. And some of you are new in the Lord. You're going to camp for the first time in Isaiah 60 and 61. And, and it's chapters of the hour. But one of the things it says that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me has anointed me. And this is one of the things he has anointed me is to heal the brokenhearted. There's a supernatural anointing on this house to heal people who have been brokenhearted, people who have been disappointed, people who have, um, you know, just uh, maybe fallen into sin or or just burned out or just uh, whatever it is. There's an anointing on this house to restore, to heal hearts. And and it's it's going to... um, the restoration, I just see that there's, there's like new ministries, there's new people going to get raised up with a different um, anointing on their lives to bring restoration into different areas. I see specialists, restoration specialists for different type of things, like, you know, like, like in a hospital or in the medical community, you got all these specialists. I see, you know, disappointment specialists, uh, you know, just uh, burnout ministries specialists. And, and, and God's, God's, a lot of it's going to come through our own experience in those areas. So you are a heart healing ministry. Those first three were amazing. Praise God. Oh, you know, oh is a, oh is a challenging word. And as I, you know, as I, as I was thinking about this, you know, the Lord said, "This is a church that is obedient to the Holy Spirit." And I was a little double-minded. I said, "Lord, I, I mean, obedience doesn't sound fun to me." And He said, "Go to." 
Go to Acts chapter 16. This is an Acts chapter 16 obedient church of radical obedience to the Holy Spirit. You know, in Acts chapter 16, I mean, you know, you see Timothy do some radical things to, to go with Paul and Silas. You see, uh, you see, you know, Paul being led to a region, and the Holy Spirit says, nope, and he says, okay, and he keeps going, and the next thing you know, he's having full-blown visions, and radical things are happening, and I, you know, I just see, you know, you've got an excellent leadership team, but what I see is the leadership team is, is yielded to the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is a house that is led by the Holy Spirit. And, and it's it, that level of obedience, let me tell you, that's not bo- boring, rule-following obedience. This is exciting. God is leading. We are moving. Things are happening obedience. And so I just celebrate the level of obedience and yieldedness to the voice of God that is on this house. And so this is, this is a house that is obedient to that voice. Wow. So we got, we got, um, we, we have encouraging of what God is doing now. I do. <laughs> yeah, I've got this. Creative miracle solutions. You're a heart healing ministry. And you're obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You guys receive that? That was fun. Thank you, Scott. Well, I want to share a message today um, called The Power of Supernatural Encouragement. Isaiah chapter 35 has got a profound portion of Scripture. Verse 4, say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Wow. That's some good things to say, isn't it? Those who have a fearful heart, if someone comes and says to them, Be strong, don't be afraid. (laughs) Your God's going to come. He's going to come and save you. I mean, I just... And it says something's going to happen if somebody says those words. Listen to what happens. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame man shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in wilderness and streams in the desert. Wow. Someone just say supernatural. It's an amazing thing when you actually see someone, you know, I'm always looking for keys to the release the miraculous. There's all kinds of different keys, but this is one of them. When someone commits themselves to be an encourager. I, you know, I'd, I'd rather be known. You know, I look at, you know, who am I? You know, one of the, the people ask Steve, okay, what, send us your bio. How many know if you have to do a bio, it's, it's kind of something, you have to actually figure out who you are. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? It's a good exercise. You haven't done a bio on yourself? Do one. And, but the first thing I have in my bio is Steve Backlund is an encourager. 
hope igniter, joy catalyst, leader developer. But the first thing I want to say, I'm an encourager. I'd rather be known as an encourager than an intergalactic apostle. <laughs> I'd rather be known as that. People say, I don't know what my ministry is. I don't know what I'm called. I'll, I'll, we'll just start off being the biggest encourager that you know. We're all called to be an encourager. And so I want to share with you today three levels uh, of encouragement. The three levels, I believe. One is to encourage yourself. Secondly is to encourage others. And the third is to increase encouragement. And part of the in in quantity and quality, and and quality encouragement is called prophetic ministry. And in Hebrews chapter 10, it says in verse 23... It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. How many know that's a lot of hope talk? (laughs) Hold fast your confession of hope. Keep talking hope and do it without wavering. Man. Then it tells us why. Because I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. Then it tells us why. For he who promises is faithful. The reason I can talk hope is because I believe he's faithful. The more, I, the more I believe he's faithful, the more hope I'll talk. And, and the first thing, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Now, that, that really implies that we've learned how to encourage ourselves. And that's really the first step of encouragement. The first person I need to say, be strong, don't be afraid, is me. Joel 3.10, it says, let the weak say I'm strong. If you're in a weak experience, keep encouraging yourself with your true identity. You're actually a strong person. Encourage yourself. It doesn't say let the weak think I'm strong. It says let the weak say I'm strong. Now, one of the things about encouraging ourselves, I mean, encouraging ourselves is, is, is challenging. Let's laugh at that. Ha-ha. <laughs> to encourage me... You know, because I know me really well. I hang out with me a lot. <laughs> and there's things about me I wish were different. Yeah, you know, don't look at me so holy out there. <laughs> I wish there were some appearance things that were different. I wish there were some habit things that were different. I, I wish, you know, my, my past was different. I wish, you know... I was smarter on certain things. I wish I had different giftings. Other, I see other gifts people have. Oh, man. You know, and, and I, I, I want to get discouraged about me. But I'm in the room with um, high-level influencers. Just say I'm a high-level influencer. And high-level influencers learn how to encourage themselves. You know, David, you think you've had a bad day. 1 Samuel 30, let, let me tell you about David's bad day. They go off and fight. He and his men, they come back to their city, Ziklag. It's burned. Wives and children stolen. And David's men have the logical um, so next step, kill the pastor. They talked about stoning David. How many know that's not a good day? <laughs> he's already tired, he's already disappointed. Sorrow now people talk about killing him. And it says in 1 Samuel verse 
30 verse 6, it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Man, oh man. Someone just go, rah, ah. I don't know what he did, but I have a hunch he talked to himself. I have a hunch he said, I wrote a book called You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. Validate some people in the room. I have a hunch he started talking. No, it's not my time yet. Samuel gave me a prophetic word. Hasn't come to pass yet. No, it's not going to happen. God's faithful. He who promised is faithful. And, and, and he, he encouraged himself. It's amazing. Once he, once he encouraged himself, his men no longer wanted to kill him. When we learn to encourage ourselves, other people will see us differently. You know, I just... One of the, the main ways to encourage ourselves is to get the Word of God in our mouth. Because you can't think a lie when you speak the truth. If you don't know what to say, just start with the promises of God. Philippians 4.19 is a good place to start. My God shall meet, supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. Just say, thank you, Lord, you're going to meet all my needs. My emotional needs, my relational needs, my need of wisdom, protection, finances. You're going to meet my needs, all of them. My need for breakthrough in this area of my life, you're going to meet that need. My need in my family, the thing that concerns me, you're going to meet the need of what I need to do about it. And you're, you're supplying everything. Woo, start getting encouraged. I've had seasons in my life where I've felt very alone. It felt like there's not people encouraging me. I'm saying, Lord, where is everybody? Steve needs an encourager. And I felt like he said, Steve, you're in a season right now of learning to encourage yourself. You're in a season of learning to light your own fire. Someone just say fire. Because where you're going, you can't depend on other people having a fire going. You know, sometimes I'd you know, come to church as a younger Christian. Well, I, I, my mindset, well, I hope there's a good fire here today. Hope the worship team's on fire. <laughs> I hope I can just get in their fire and just get warmed up a little bit. <laughs> I hope there's not a spirit of heaviness in the building. <laughs> I, hope, I hope there's just a lot of freedom here, you know. Ha, 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 ha. Lord said, I, I, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cause you to learn how to start your own fire. And like I say, I, I'm in the room here with influencers. I, I, people have already done things, but I tell you this, you're going to do things you never thought you would do in the future. But part of it is learning to encourage ourselves, light our own fire. And I just remember the seasons where I was overcoming discouragement. He said, Steve, there's one common denominator in all this discouragement. It's you. <laughs> every, every time there's something you're discouraged, yeah, there's a different thing, but it's always you're involved. <laughs> you're part of it. He says, there's always going to be a reason why. There's always going to be something to be discouraged about for the rest of your life. He said, your discouragement is a bigger problem than what you're discouraged about. 
It's time to kill the giant of this girl. I remember, I remember the season I went through. I, I would be, you know, like I'd be a leader and I'd start getting discouraged. And the Lord says, this moment is more important to you than getting slain in the Holy Spirit. This is it. He said, I want you to get excited every time you start feeling discouraged. Because you got resistance. And you only get muscle by pushing against resistance. This is your moment. This is your moment. Someone just say, fire. fire. So that thing would get on me and go, yeah, woohoo, yes. I'm starting to feel discouraged again. This is exciting. Ephesians 6, 17 says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's called a sword because we're supposed to kill something with it. Not people. Just want to clarify. The Old Testament had literal giants that were blocking the promised land. The New Testament, what's blocking the promised land is mindsets, pessimism, victim mindset, discouragement, unworthiness. Those things, we got we to take them out. We take them out with a word. Ephesians 6, take up the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. I remember... One season of my life, I was pastoring a, a small rural church in central Nevada in the 90s, and I was discouraged. I felt like quitting. Anybody ever felt like quitting? I just basically said, God, I can't, I don't have the sword. I don't have a big enough sword, man. That word isn't really, this, I feel like I got this dinky sword. I need a fresh word. I had a thought. Steve, I haven't called you to fail. I've called you to succeed. Good thought, but it still wasn't big enough. I don't tell anybody that. I'm thinking it. Go to a pastor prayer meeting. I tell them I'm battling discouragement. They gathered around me, prayed. The first guy who laid hands on me and prayed, he said this, Steve, I thank you that you haven't, Father, I thank you that you haven't called Steve to fail. You've called him to succeed. Someone say, Wow. It's one of the most important moments of my whole life. I said, that's God. That's God. Woo, I got a word. God spoke to me. And I started fighting with that thing. Wake up. God hasn't called me to fail. He's called me to succeed. Whoo. Matthew 4, 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm hearing this today. God is going to remind you of promises he's spoken, direction he's given. And some of you in this neck, you're going, to, you're going to get a supernatural confirmation of a word like that, and you're going to fight with it. You're going to encourage yourself. You're going to light your own fire. Woo! It's going to influence nations. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I think, I think that mess, that word is just for you. <laughs> the, the second level of encouragement is encourage others. It says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. Why don't you just look around and just go, hmm, 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 hmm. Let us consider one another to stir up Love and good works. Then it says, <clears throat> not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some, but encouraging one another. 
and all the more as we see the day approaching. Now, one of the main reasons we come together, even in meetings like this, is to encourage one another. There's many reasons we come together. Worship, function as part of the body, get equipped. But one of the reasons we come together, main reason, is to encourage others. There's no such thing as a strong, silent-type Christian. Yep, I come to church. I never say anything. I don't cause any problems. Yep, I don't gossip. Well, we applaud that. But the Lord's called us to something higher. He's called us to look around and say, who can I speak courage into? Who can I tell? Don't be afraid. God's going to be with you. You got what it takes. Who can I say something to? Who can I, who can I ignite the supernatural through? And, you know, I'll tell you, encouraging others is a challenge, too. Man, you know, I used to only want to encourage people who were just like me. I like the me I see in you. I know you get it. You get it. You understand. <laughs> yep, you're safe. You're safe. We're, we're safe. Yep. Ha uh-huh. ha. I didn't want to encourage people I thought had issues because if I encourage them, they might think they're okay. Stop working on their issue. So I'd withhold my encouragement as a punishment to them. Someone say, boo. 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 And then once they changed, I would encourage them afterwards. Ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody's negative quality is usually an immature aspect of a positive quality in their lives. One of the books I wrote is called Culture of Empowerment. How to Champion People takes Bill Johnson, senior leader at Bethel Church, Red in California, takes his quote, my goal is not to build a big church, but to build big people. And this is a book for not only just church leaders, but for parents, spouses, people in business. Because once you, you, this is what what I'm sharing this morning is encapsulated largely in this book, especially how to encourage others. Um, encouragement is not a management style. It's a, I mean, empowerment's not a, a management style. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of seeing people. You see people according to their potential, not according to their past. Prodigal sons got three main, in Luke 15, the story of the prodigal has three main characters, the prodigal, the father, the elder brother. My theory of knowing how we're moving from an elder brother mindset to a father mindset or a mother mindset is this, is the default of an elder brother mindset is to first see what's wrong with a person or place. The default of a father mindset is to first see what's right with a person or place. It's one of the ways we know we're maturing and where God's going to be able to trust us with the hearts of people more because what our default is. I first see what's right. When I, when I come into a church or a region, I'm first looking for what's right, not looking for what's wrong. I used to think, you know, I was discerning because I could see what was wrong with you. 
Yes, amen. I can see your sin. I'm discerning. I'm very spiritual. Aren't you glad I'm here? Just because your default is you first see what's right doesn't mean you're gullible, doesn't mean you don't have boundaries in relationships. Just because you're empowering doesn't mean people have equal opportunity to you or equal opportunity under you. But it's a way of seeing. It's a way of seeing. We, um, when we were in Nevada, we, the church we pastored had a, a gold mine there. They moved hundreds of tons of dirt a day. But nobody ever talked about dirt They talked about gold. People won't mind you moving their dirt as long as they know you're looking for gold in them. Your kids aren't going to mind you moving their dirt as long as they know you believe there's gold in them. If you're just, you know, parenting leadership is not about dirt removal. Yep. I'm an expert remover of dirt. (laughs) <laughs> there's time to move dirt tell you I, I can receive a, more from a person who believes in me than a person who's just trying to fix me encouragement's one of them I mean it just because it says let us consider one another Again, I remember, you know, in leadership, I'd have different people in my life, you know, who, again, I, I, the Lord says, I want you to expand the kind of people you like. I love, you know, I've been, I like to laugh at lies, and we've shared that this weekend. Psalm 2, 4 says, he who sits in the heavens laughs, and, uh, you know, one of the ways to break off bad beliefs is to start laughing at them. Uh, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's just laugh at this lie. God loves you, but he does not like you. <laughs> no, God likes us. And, and one of the things that turns our heart, you know, let's consider one another to stir up love and good works. One of the main ways to consider one another is ask ourselves the question, what do I like about them? Like I'd have people in ministry, you know, you know people who are really, you know, word people, and, and they would critique me as a young leader. And, you know, maybe point out, they say, well, that, you misquoted that scripture, or you're, that doctrine I don't agree with. Uh, you know, and those, my, my first reaction was, was to not like those people. Let's laugh at that. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, they're not fun to be with. Ha, uh-huh. But then I considered them. I thought about it. I said, okay, wow, you're changing my heart. I want, me to, I want you to see them from a father mindset, not an elder brother mindset. And I considered them. I thought, wow, I got someone in my church who loves the Bible. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Because <laughs> I, I got a lot of people in it. That, not a lot. I got some people that don't even care what the Bible says. If it feels good, Holy Spirit. <laughs> wow. Then my heart warmed to them. He loves the Bible. I admire that. Man. Thank you for loving the Bible so much. I admire that about you. I admire that about you. I remember when I was pastoring in Nevada. I, I was complaining to the Lord about my people. Ha ha. 
these people you've given me, God. I'm trying to fly like an eagle, and I'm landlocked with all these prairie chickens. <laughs> I felt like the Lord said, Steve, you know what your people's biggest problem is? <clears throat> uh, no, Lord, what's my people's biggest problem? Your, Steve, your people's biggest problem is you. Thank you, Lord, for that encouragement. They got enough issues, let alone having a leader doesn't believe in them. They don't have hope for them. Again, this is not just church. I mean, it's every area where we have influence. Wow. One of the greatest things we can do is believe in people. And once we believe in people, we encourage them. You know, my, my goal is, 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 to, is, is to be the biggest encourager in my environments. I'm looking for reasons. I want to look for what's right in people. I admire that. I see it. People love, people need to be seen. They love to be seen by somebody. Does anybody see me? And I had to learn this because I, I didn't grow up knowing the Lord, and I, I, I didn't know who I was. I, I was just, you know, I had very few people who saw me, who considered me. I had my friends as I grow up, they consider the negatives about me. Ha uh-huh. ha. My physical defects, stupid things I did, they'd point it out. Very few said, I see you. I see something good in you. I had a government teacher. I was in 12th grade, senior high school in America, and I had a government teacher who considered me. She took me aside just for a few moments, and she said, Steve, I, th- I see you'd be good in politics and government. Whew. She should have passed some comment by her, but, man, I said, somebody see something good in me. And because of that, I majored in political science the next year when I went to college, all because of one person's comment. And I, I said, I'm, I am committing my life to encourage people. I'm committing my life to encourage churches. I'm committing my life to look at what people are doing. I say, you can do it. There's unique gifts in you. God's going to do it. He's going to come. He's going to save you. And then the third, the third, and we'll close with this, the third level, you encourage yourself, you encourage others, then you increase encouragement in quantity and quality. Hebrews 10, 25, it says, and encourage one another and all the more. Say all the more. All the more as you see the day approaching. (laughs) I I don't care what your theology is about the day. Whatever your theology is, I want to let you know it's approaching. You think it's end time rapture? It's approaching. End time judgment? It's approaching. End time revival? It's approaching. You think it's your personal death? It's approaching. (laughs) It's getting closer. Encourage one another and all the more. Just say all the more. All all the more. Wow. Every year, every year, I'm saying, Lord, I'm committing myself to be a greater encourager. Every year. And sometimes I just don't feel like encouraging. Anybody else? No, no. One of the ways to encourage, get encouraged is to encourage others. So I'm increasing it in quantity. 
And you know, when you just say, Holy Spirit, how can I be a, a great encourager? He's going to get excited about that question. He's going to give you creative ideas. But we not only do it in quantity, we do it in quality. And I believe quality encouragement is called prophetic ministry. I believe that you can't be prophetic, truly prophetic, without being an encourager. That encouragement is the foundation for healthy prophetic ministry. Because if we're not an encourager, then probably our prophetic is going to have a negative bent to it. People say, Steve, how can I be prophetic? I want to increase in my prophetic. Well, I tell them, I give them a hint. I say, become the biggest encourager you know and ask Holy Spirit to take over your encouragement. Wow, brother, it's got to be more complicated than that. <laughs> no. Be the biggest encourager you know and say, Holy Spirit. Infuse my encouragement with, with the supernatural. It says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, Follow after love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. Go after love, go after all the gifts, but go after prophecy the most. Burn with zeal to prophesy. And new covenant prophecy is different than old Covenant prophecy. I mean, the, the simple gift of new covenant prophecy in 1 Corinthians 14.3 is to comfort, edify, build up. And some people are, 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 we all are to function in the New Testament gift of prophecy. We all have the gift. Just say, I have the gift. But we won't, we won't all be in the office of a prophet. The office of a prophet will at times have to correct, rebuke, will be more directive, but the simple gift of new covenant prophecy has the foundation of being encouraging and building up people. And it, it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I just, I love to just stop people. You know, and you don't, need to, you don't need to be weird to prophesy. You don't need to be weird. You don't even need to announce you're prophesying. You don't need to wear a robe, you know, have a long beard, have a staff, have a placard, use King James language. That's just weird. Just be natural. Hey, you know, got up this morning thinking about Isaiah, I mean, uh, Psalm 34, and man, I, just, I just saw you, and I just, just believe the Lord has something for you in Psalm 34. Just, you know, starting like that, and, and then, wow. People, and then, then people, you're going to get, you start, you start doing that kind of thing, then you're going to have people, wow, I was just reading Psalm 34 this morning, and I felt like God said Psalm 34. I thought, yeah, wow. Then you get, faith starts to arise. Ooh, I may be hearing God. God might be leading me. <laughs> and, and you do that, and 
You start prophesying. You start getting faith. You start getting more specifics. You start, hey, you might get even something wild, and you can just preface a wild thing. Hey, this may sound crazy, but, you know, I just uh, I'm sensing that uh, the Lord's going to give you a financial idea that's just going to that's going to bring in millions. I, you know, again, just you pray about, but I said, it's just what I heard. You know, just I submit it to you. You got your, you know, and you just you just natural. You just flow. Like that and not put pressure on people and believe people are mature enough. They can figure it out. They can figure it out. And I'm, you know, just as I was thinking about this group of people, God's already been doing great things in you in the prophetic. He's already been. Some of you are visiting today and maybe this is a new new concept for you, the prophetic. Uh, But nobody's here by accident. I, I just, I, I, I'm hearing this. The people in this room are, are going to go to the next level in prophetic ministry. And it's going to have the undergirding of encouragement, which is going to make it healthier. And, and because of that, there's going to be uh, people unlocked and launched because of you. Story. Closed story, and I, there's a woman in, in the 60s, there was a family reunion, Cocoa Beach, Florida. 2 a.m., Grandma says, everybody up, everybody get up, I've got a word from God. <laughs> and her word was this, fill Coke bottles with encouraging notes, scripture, put the address, their address, throw them into the sea. When you start... When you start committing yourself to the Lord and he's going to give you good ideas. They threw 200 Coke bottles in the sea. This is in a book by Dutch Sheets called The River. 200 Coke bottles. They got notes through the years, letters, thank you so much. I got, wow, this really blessed me. Got it at the right time. The last letter they got was from a, a woman in Ohio. And she, uh, he, she had lost her husband in the middle of the United States. Uh, she her farm was being foreclosed. She was going to commit suicide, break the ice, drown herself in the river in winter. She breaks the ice. Guess what pops up? Someone say, wow. Wow. All because grandma. You give, and she, she read it? She says, now, now I can really live. I know God's with me. All because someone said, I'm, one of my main missions in life is to encourage. I'm going to find ways to do it. You give God something to work with. You know, you know geography of the United States. I mean, you got Florida way down here, Atlantic Ocean, and then you got Ohio kind of in the Midwest. How does a Coke bottle get into a river in Ohio out of the Atlantic Oceans? Someone just say supernatural. Supernatural. Isaiah said this. He said, he said, you know, say to those who are fearful-hearted, be strong. Don't be afraid. Your God's going to come. He's going to come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be open. Then the lame will walk. It's called supernatural. It's called supernatural. It's a key. It's a key to another level of watching the supernatural get released. You guys received the message today? Let me just give away a couple books, and then I'm pray the prayer of faith. Want to want to give this to the gentleman right there. Culture of empowerment. 
If you like the message, that, that book there is, is going to cover it. And then this book is called Let's Just Laugh at That for Kids. I've got two versions of this. It's written for ages 6 through 10 primarily. But I read this. It's, it's illustrated, and I get blessed as well, man, because the, the lies are, you know, pretty much the same, uh, you know, as adults. Like the first lie in this book, let's just laugh at this lie. Um, it's not fair. Ha <laughs> ha. Come here. Yeah, you want this? Are you up here for this? There you go. Yay. Be blessed with that. And then um, I've got two versions of the book, You're Crazy If You Don't Talk to Yourself. This is the older. They're, they're, both, they're both good. I mean, they, they just got a new cover. Some people said, Steve, you need to upgrade the cover. I said, I kind of like that guy. But my team won out. And this is a book on the power of words. This is a book you want to learn to encourage yourself. This, this is the book. You're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. It talks about getting the Word of God in your mouth, about making declarations and, and that. So let me give it right there. All right, if you guys receive the message today, you can find us, by the way, at ignitinghope.com. Ignitinghope.com. We have a lot of resources and, yeah, just online activities, etc. If you receive the Word today, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me this morning. It was supernatural. It's going to increase. It's going to influence the nations. Amen. Give God thanks. Give Him praise. Yeah. Just give Him a shout of praise. Woo! Yeah!